Hi, guys. It's time for Penn Live's Blue White Breakdown podcast, talking Penn State football on Bob Flounders in Indianapolis in my hotel room. And Dave Jones, who's joining me, is in Downingtown. It looks like it's a very nice day in Downingtown, Dave. Are you having fun? Spectacular. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Dave, so I'm in my hotel room. Joe Hermit's actually in the room with me. He's working on something special, probably a photo gallery. He might be toning photos. We're getting ready to head over to Lucas Oil Stadium in a little bit to talk to some other Big Ten coaches and players. Penn State was made available on Thursday. They are no longer at Lucas Oil Stadium, but heard from James Franklin and a couple of his players. Lots to get to. Dave, I know you were watching from afar. What did you, what were some of the things you were thinking about after listening to some of the coaches uh, yesterday? I don't know if you heard any of the players, but what 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 moved you, Dave? Brett Bielema was bigger and oilier than I remembered. I <laughs> was he? Yes, he was. He was. <laughs> they opened with Nebraska, I think, week zero. It might be the first college football game of the season. I don't think that's a game that Nebraska wants to play right now, Scott Frost. I don't know that Nebraska wants to play any games right now. <laughs> he can't beat, if he can't beat Illinois in week zero, it's just not going to be a great year. Yeah. I think that team's going to be a little better than people think. I think Lovey left him some stuff. And you know Bielema, man. Yeah. He's, he's going to do whatever it takes. Hey, I've been reading this before we get started. You ought to get this. Okay. It's really, oh, it's Kirk, Kirk I'm going to talk to Herb Street in about a week. Yeah. It's a, it's much better than you would have expected. It's right. very honest, all sorts of anecdotes. So, uh, yeah, I'm talking right. to you. Really. I like it. I so like just it. happened to be hanging around here. Uh, what'd you, uh, by the way, what would you think of that? What was the buzz around Indy about Texas and Oklahoma, and were you stunned? No, nothing really surprises me anymore in college football. James was asked about it, and he, James is like, I do have some thoughts, but I just came back from vacation, and I'm just hearing about it. So he, I'm going to punt on that question. Is so, I, so think what, I, I understand why you asked the question. Yeah. I get it. I get yeah. it. I you got to ask the question. I get it. I respect the question. <laughs> but I'm good. He said he, he literally said he was going to punt on answering the question. He's so. no dummy when it comes to that stuff. I know. He's but a, otherwise, otherwise. He's excited about the opportunity, <laughs> right? He was who? Who was more excited, and who was who mentioned the word excited the most? I think everyone used the word excited. I think yeah. it was the guy who was the least excited, and that was Scott Frost. He was trying to wrap yeah. himself up. Did you see that? It was I amazing. Think, I think Scott. I think Scott knows that it's a big year for Scott. Yeah, and they brought in Trev Alberts. To swing the axe <laughs> to be his bodyguard. No, I don't. I don't think. I think they want him to have his back. I think right. Nick Trevor will have his back as long as he can. Man, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about James and the Penn State players. Uh, real interesting, Dave. He was asked about how are they going to handle safety and protocols moving forward as they get closer to practice and games, and a couple of revealing things, Dave. He said that they are more than 70% of the team is vaccinated and he is working hard to get that number higher. And he said it's, he's, he's really kind of pushing obviously for kids to get uh, players to get vaccinated, but 
he said, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you, you tell me the reason why I understand, but at least talk to our doctors, you know, before you make your decision and be aware of the fact that if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to have to deal with some things, you know, in practice and during games. And if you, if you uh, test positive, are you prepared to miss three weeks? I hope none of them swap any spit or sweat with uh, Auburn when they play them in week three, right? Did you see what Brian Harson said? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. What he oh, said. Yeah. Somebody asked him if he got vaccinated at SEC Media Day. He, in case you didn't know, he's the new Auburn coach who came yeah. from Boise State. Yep. And he said, uh, he basically answered it like, you know, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's none of your, none of your business. And, uh, I'm keeping that to myself. So there you are. Um, yeah. Did you also? Did you see what the NFL intends to do? Yeah. Yeah. Forfeits, game checks, all of it. Yeah. Forfeits. And in yeah. the Pac-12 is considering the same thing. Right. Now, my question to you is: If you're Kevin Warren, do you throw that up there? Forfeits. Uh, I think you consider it. I think big. I think the Big Ten. I think every conference has to consider it. I, I do it. I yeah. do it right now. I'm yeah. sick of these idiots who have their personal space or whatever the hell it is, their personal liberties being violated. Fine. You don't want to play. You don't want to get vaccinated. You don't have to play on our football team. That's right. fine. Yeah. You know, the, the schools have the capability to do this. Right. If they want to do it. And if the schools yeah. can all agree, then the conferences can all agree. And if the conferences all agree. These are universities. Most of them are state taxpayer-paid universities, after all. I mean, there's nothing forcing these players to play football at any of these public, mainly public universities. They don't want to play. They don't have to play. They want to play. They're going to have to get vaccinated. That's what I would be. But we don't have a czar of college football, so we can't do that. So it's up to each. Enough. Enough. (laughs) I'm not going to have imbeciles drag us back, drag us back, drag us back. If I'm an entity like a league, right. a conference, and I, I don't understand why they don't do that. I, I thought the NFL made a huge leap, right. a very important one, and that I think is great. I think it was always coming, and they were just waiting to see if they had to, if they had to do it, and they have to do it because That's it's right. big business. Right. So, and the, the reaction to some of the players was pretty. It's like they were shocked. So, um, you know, I don't know what's what's going on. Anyway, let's let's move it uh, back to football. I got, a, I got a whole column on that crap coming. By the I way, bet all you the did. all the yeah yeah I bet all you the did. mouth breathers who who decide that their own science is going to be the science. You know. So but, anyway, but, go ahead. Go when, ahead. When, can, when can our listener? Well, when is it coming? I, next, I early next week. It'll be centered around our 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 sucky baseball team the phillies or <laughs> let's talk about the five star what's the kid's name where is it what's he play what put what position I, if greg pickle was in the room right now it'd be beautiful dave but he's yeah. not in the room i'm i'm focused on big 10 medias i know they got a five star and that's great but uh I, i'm a little bit more concerned about this season personally okay. i i okay. think it's great that they have a really good recruiting class in, in place but again like is it better than Ohio State's? Can it match up with Ohio State's? Can they do this in 2023 and 2024? That's what they got to do. They got to start stacking them. They can't have a year like the year, uh, the year before when 
around this time last year that James said the recruiting we're doing just isn't good enough. It, we're, it's just not cutting it. We got to be better about it. So they've responded, but they still need to get, they still need to get a quarterback that can win some games in, in tight spots. And well, now that, now that they have in-person recruiting, I think they're doing a lot better. They are. They are. They are. Because, because he's an in-person guy. He is an in-person guy. I'm a personal guy. I'm a hugging guy. That's, it is. It's that's right. It's right in his wheelhouse. Dave, yeah. uh, he talked a little bit about Lonnie White. He was asked about Lonnie White. I saw Matt Millen. Didn't get a chance to talk to him. He's out here in Indianapolis looking good. Uh, hopefully, I'll get the chance to see him later today. But Lonnie White's decision has not been reached. James said the decision's coming soon. He thought he knew what Lonnie was going to do. But Lonnie is... Every day, Lonnie changes his mind a little bit, it sounds like, so they just don't know. I think James is prepared for either scenario. Would you uh, lose your mind if you had to do that job, especially now with NIL? Yeah. I mean, if you had to to, to persuade 17-year-olds. <laughs> well, here's a question for you. Like, the that Alabama quarterback who hasn't played yet, that Saban yeah, yeah. has got, like, approaching a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Here's my question. That's great. Don't have a bad game. Don't throw a bad pass. Yeah. You want to make you want to make big boy money. You're yeah. gonna face Don't big disappoint. boy, big boy consequences. Disappoint. That's yes. right. That's right. More money. And that's, so be it. It's yeah. all great to me. Yeah, right. I'm all for these players. This is what they were worth all along. Right. It was just being handled this way, you yeah. know, under the table, under the table. But now we're seeing what they were really worth in yeah. all the suits, like at every school, including Penn State, that were getting paid to do God knows what. Now, now that money is going straight to players. And right. I think it's terrific. But what you say is true. Hasn't played it down. Yeah. Hasn't played a down. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, man. Right. I'll be really – I'm going to be interested to see how his season plays out. Uh, other players, I'm sure, will make, be making some uh, – some money as well. And good of course at Alabama, all you really do is hand off and, and throw to receivers <laughs> who are five yards open. So, yeah. you know. but Dave, they do, I don't know if you're aware of this. They do have a fiery offensive coordinator that I heard about him and get yeah. a little persnickety <laughs> when things are not done to his liking. That's I wonder, Ryan. I wonder if he's going to have a rant on the sideline. Like he, oh. like he, it's going to be, great. I want to see yeah. Nick Saban yell at Bill O'Brien. I want to, <laughs> I want to leave. Yeah, I want to. He ain't gonna do that. He ain't gonna do that. Yeah, you mean like the tuna yelling at one of his assistants? Do you remember when there? You remember when he dressed down Lane Kiffin and Lane and Lane just took it? I don't know that Bill's gonna go. I don't know that Bill's gonna cower in fear. Lane 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 Kiffin is one thing. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you look like Lane Kiffin looks like somebody who you could yell at, and (laughs) I mean, you could probably yell at him at a bar and he backed down. You you could. (laughs) But I wouldn't want to take on OB that way. That's just just me. Yeah. yeah. So three players were out here. PJ Mustafer. It was uh, Tariq Castro Fields and Jahan Dotson. Interesting enough, James said they wanted to bring somebody else, but he was not vaccinated, so they didn't bring him. A lot of speculation who that might be. Let's not do that. But those were the three players uh, that were here. P.J. Mustafer is a really interesting guy. Talked to 
a talented player who hasn't put it all together yet at Penn State. He better have a big year if they're going to have success. And he, when you when you face Wisconsin's offensive line in Week One, it's kind of important that your defensive line has. Yeah, a, a he's going to be he's going to be the core of that defense. Yeah. Um, did you see the? Have you gotten your Phil Steele yet? I didn't, but I saw that you. I saw your story where he thinks that Penn State might be the might have the biggest turnaround in college football this year, or the most. Yeah. Not only that, he thinks the defensive line is going to be he, – he ranks them the number two defensive line in the Big Ten. Does that surprise you? It's, it does surprise me. It did me that. too. Yeah, um, A lot to rebuild. A lot of recruits, but a lot to rebuild. Yeah, and he must really like that Temple transfer at defensive end. He, he does. Has, he has he, That has to be a big reason for it. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a stretch when you play in a conference with Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State even Michigan State, those are all some pretty good defense I, I told him I was surprised about two things. You know where they rank the units in the, in yeah. the front? And I went through all those. Yeah. And there were two units that really surprised me in his rankings. Of course, they're only rankings. They're not, right. they're, they're not fluid. So sometimes you run into a unit that's really stacked across the league, which is what happened. But he, I thought maybe Penn State's offensive line would be ranked in the top right. third that he had them seventh, and he had the defensive line second. Yeah, I, I, I if anything, I would be flip flopping them a little bit. I don't think Penn State's got the second best offensive line. They do have, I'd say, at least four players this year that are going to play on the offensive line that could play it at the next level. Yeah, and one, one of them. Are you including a- Scruggs? Yeah, yes. including Scruggs. Okay. Yeah, Juice Scruggs. Well, I was listening to James. Yesterday on the field, Tariq Castro Fields was at the next podium down, and he was. They were asking him about guys that uh, who are, could really step forward this year and to watch out for. And he said, one of them. He, he just said, "Juice Scruggs, like I can't wait to see him. He's gonna. I think he's gonna start, and he's the real deal. So I think I think Juice is gonna be a big component on that offensive line. You're confident about Miranda at center? Yeah, yeah. Mike Miranda is one of probably the most underrated player on the team. Right, and uh, the two tackles are. They're yeah. NFL guys. They're going to be NFL guys if they I perform. think so, especially Rashid. Rashid, I think, is, is a pretty uh, special talent. So that's a pretty good offensive line. James is really excited about the tight ends. And I, I, I do like their tight ends, but it's weird that he said probably the best we've been at tight end since I've been here. And they, they had Pat Frymuth play the last couple of years. Mike Kosicki was pretty good. So Maybe he forgot. Yeah, and he, I think he's talking about the depth uh, and also the young player, Theo Johnson, who I think is going to be utilized a little bit better in Mike Yersich's offense in his second year. But he really likes his tight ends. They have three running backs on the Doak Walker list. Noah Kane, yes, get it. Kevon Lee, get it. But the other guy was uh, John Lovett. They didn't really even – not that Devin Ford was ignored, but I think everyone kind of forgets that Devin's on the team. So I don't really know what that means, like, for him. And I would have thought he would have transferred out by now. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. Uh, not that he should be unhappy. I think he's gotten chances. Right. It's just that they keep stacking guys in front of him. I mean, if they recruit over the top of you, which essentially what is what love it is. Yeah. Out of the transfer portal. To me, that was kind of a sign. And love it. Love it's a well-regarded player. Right. I mean, he was a, he was a pretty good player down there. So uh, yeah, I would have, I would have thought. Obviously, you talked to Phil. What else did he say about Penn State that struck you? Um, the offensive line part, 
he said it really wasn't a reflection of their offensive line that he had in seventh. It's just that everybody else's offensive line, it's a great year for offensive lines in the Big Ten. Right. Which says to me that we might see a shift to more run-based offenses this year around the league, which also says to me that if he, if he really is right about their defensive line, he better be right. Because there's going to be a lot of teams, especially the first one right out of the box that comes at them in Wisconsin, who are going to test them right away. And you know that. You know that. So they got they got good linebackers. I just don't know if you can get a bunch of new faces ready that quickly in a season like this. Right. But a, a lot of teams across the league are playing these league games in week zero. Uh, I don't think this is. I don't think this has ever happened in league history. It happened once something like this back in the 70s, I think, when they tried it. But this is very, very unusual. So a lot of teams are going to be getting – they're going to have to hit it right out of the box. And I would think Penn State would have an advantage in that area because they finished strong last year. They feel like they have something to compensate for for last year. And they should be revving to go. So – uh, what's the what's the latest line on at Wisconsin? Uh, six. I think it's it's more than a field goal, but less than a touchdown. It's somewhere fluctuating four. in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. four sounds about right. Four is probably what I would say. And maybe maybe you do take the points if it's more than a field goal, but the, I just the, that's that's where I think the quarterbacks come into play here because at the end of last season, I would say Clifford kind of regained his hold on the position. Uh, certainly he's been hearing, I don't know if you, you probably didn't hear anything that was coming out of the BTN, but all of those guys were saying Penn state looks like a really good team. There's just, it's all about the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I, I don't know how many times I heard it. Meanwhile, you remember last year, Graham Mertz had that great start for Wisconsin. Away, yeah. And then. Uh, he it, people might not have been paying attention, but he had real trouble later in the year. Uh, sophomore slump. I don't know. Uh, it sounded like Mike Kern there. I don't he know. Did. You tell me. He's Kern. Um, I, I think that's an interesting dynamic of, of an upperclassman who's really been around, who's had that put up in his face compared to basically a, a kid who had a lot of bouquets thrown at him the first part of last season had a little rough spot then the season ended did they even play a bowl game i don't think wisconsin yeah no they did they played wake forest in the that bowl in one of the carolinas that okay okay. yeah they won that belk bowl or yeah it was something like that but that's not really a bowl game i you know i just think that you might be right i think i don't want to speculate but he either had a a physical issue or i don't know if he had a covid issue he got beaten up yeah graham Mertz. yeah yeah yeah, he got he got beaten up, and he didn't have a good end of the season at all. I mean, I'm trying to remember. I got you get some stats here. I mean, they he was 13 of 20 against Wake Forest, 16 of 25 against Minnesota. He was fine, but he got beaten up, and they only played six games. Right, and that's another thing. They had a lot of. I don't think a lot of it was their fault, but they had a lot of COVID protocol that came down, and that was just the way it was. I don't seven, think seven yeah. with the bowl game. Yeah. I don't think it's insignificant, Dave, that Paul Chris is going to call the plays again this year. I think I think that probably is bodes well for Wisconsin. I mean, I know he's not viewed as a dynamic offensive, but 
he's put together some good teams, whether it was at Wisconsin, even at Pitt, he had some good teams or some, and they could score some points. I'll be curious to see what he does uh, maybe a little bit differently. But, yeah, they might just take the ball out of Graham's hands early in the year and just, yeah, if they feel good about the running backs, the tight well, end. They have a they have a new left side of the line, too. They got yeah. a new left guard, new left tackle who haven't started. And that's that's where you want with Wisconsin. That's where you want strength. So right. if they do take it out of his hands and they they that Penn State's defensive line is all that like Phil Steele thinks it is. That's a big part of the game. Yeah, I mean, I know Phil knows his stuff, but I don't. They're certainly a talented group, but I just that is really surprising that he's got them ranked that high. I just, you know, none of them have really proven it uh, at the Big Ten level. Um, and a lot of them are very inexperienced. I mean, I know Penn State likes Adisa Isaac defensive end. He was probably their fourth best defensive end last year. The kid from Temple, Ebikidi, I think it's Arnold Ebikidi, was good at Temple. And I'm sure he can play. But inside, you know, PJ, they, they're replacing Shelton, who went to Florida. If they need another big body inside, I mean, I guess Hakeem Beeman, the transfer from Duke, Derek Tangelo is going to probably be a factor inside. But that's, you know, that does not scream to me, you know, they're going to have to prove it before. Yeah. Didn't, I would you, didn't, you think, didn't you think Shelton was a big loss? I think, I know that Jack Hamm really liked him and he did a lot of dirty work inside. Like, right. it was, it's never about, with those some of those guys, it's never really about production. It's about it's not stats. Yeah, just a- being an anchor, not letting uh, you know them them kind of attack the middle of the D line. And I know that it's surprising that he left. To me, you know what I mean. I I don't know why he did, but the minute that season ended, he he was pretty much he declared he was going to go to Florida. Uh, so there's got to be a story there. But if if he was back, I I would say maybe this is. The second or third best. Yeah, yeah. Then you that's fine, but I just don't know when you're when you're breaking in three new starters. It's hard to say. Yeah, that's the second best defense. But before we we sign off on this, I I want to get to this Texas Oklahoma thing because yeah. I, think, I think Big Ten fans, Penn State fans, are wondering right. if the Big Ten's going to make a move here. Yeah, and I really looked over the economics of any of these candidates. I mean, I think I think the 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 broad assumption is that everyone's going to pick the carcass of the big 12 and then it'll, it'll cease to exist because without Oklahoma and Texas, I mean, the next step down is way down yeah. as far as revenue producers, as far as streaming possibilities, eyeballs on screens. And that's what it's all about. And it's all about that. It's all about football, not about basketball. So the, the likely candidates for the big 10 out of that league would what would be what Kansas, Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State's getting pretty good this year, yeah, but you're not. West, yeah. West Virginia. Is but, TCU but, in there? Huh? What about TCU? Are they in that? Yeah, but I mean, you're going to put t- TCU. I'm just naming schools. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I none of those schools, the first thing, it, are, are of the cultural or academic fit that the Big Ten pretends. Now, Nebraska wasn't either, but they took that. Right. Um, Still, I mean, Texas, Texas Christian does not do for you economically what Texas does. It's not even remotely close to that. And I think Baylor was was farther up in the economics uh, when I looked at the revenue rankings. And the other thing is West Virginia is not a cultural fit. I don't see Iowa State or any of these schools improving the league fiscally 
And that's the reason they, they moved east with Maryland and Rutgers. People compare all these schools I mentioned at, in performance. It's not about performance on the field. It's not about performance on the field. It's about eyeballs on screens. What we're doing now, watching right. the, the, the games and watching everything else to do with these teams. And there are simply so many more eyeballs on screens up and down the East Coast. That's why they added Maryland and Rutgers. And God knows if Shiano ever gets it going there, there's going to be people can say that, that nobody cares about Rutgers football in New York. Watch if, if he gets it going like he did in the mid aughts just watch because New Yorkers and everyone around North Jersey, they love a big event. They've been starved. I mean, think the Giants suck. The Jets yeah. suck. <laughs> and the, all of their pro teams suck. They are a pro area, but they haven't had anything that's been any good forever. I mean, I think the Giants more than ten years ago. What was it? Twenty ten? Was yeah? The, well, yeah. It was. Uh, it was twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. That's that's the reason I think it could take off if Shiano just if he just puts a competitive team on the field. Uh, but none of these other schools from the Big Twelve do anything remotely. Uh, like that as far as eyeballs on screens and it's it's about streaming and it's about tv and if you don't have that they're not going to have you in so i don't see the big 10 expanding unless they can pluck somehow the acc schools have a grant of rights that goes they they signed a bad tv deal years ago and it runs for another decade or something it runs through like 2032 or something and they have a grant of rights that all of those schools have, must adhere to. So it would cost an awful lot to like poach, to, to pluck, let's say, North Carolina, which would make sense. North Carolina, Virginia, big names, uh, good schools, big state names. That would make sense. But because of that grant of rights, I don't. I can't see that happening. So I don't think. I don't think the Big Ten's going to expand to sixteen at all, and the SEC is going to turn into the only real super conference. That's right. that's my answer, Dave. I think that was about the fifth consecutive podcast that you mentioned Greg Schiano's name. Let's just try and get him in, into every podcast we have because I know you. You're just if, if they have a good year, you can say you kind of sniffed it out first. You I'm already laid ground the groundwork. I'm picking them fourth in the league. Okay. Uh, I know you- that it doesn't. They've got a lot of guys back from last year, and they, they were competitive every single game, right. except Ohio State, and they lost Ohio State by three touchdowns. Right. Uh, that they they ran some trick plays. They just fought every game, and they didn't have a very good team. Right. But but that showed me something. Dave, did you participate in the Cleveland.com preseason? I did. I did, and I, I believe I picked Rutgers fourth in the in the East. I, I think, think Penn State um, fans want to know what you said about Penn State, though. I picked them second. Okay. I don't see how you can pick against Ohio State like every year. Because they just have so many. You talk about five stars. I mean, they've constantly got these elite talents. Julian Fleming, I'm sure, will play this year. What's the difference between a five-star and a four-star? Because – Penn State gets a lot of four stars. They very rarely get five stars, and Ohio State gets them all. What? Explain that to me. 
it's athleticism. It's how they test at camps. It's, you know, when they go to like elite 11s or they stand out at, I mean, that's, it's, it's not just the physical tools, but how do they look? How do they play uh, in big games? It's all of that stuff. So that's why you'll see kids that are at one point in their recruiting four stars. They go to five stars when they go to a camp and they just go lights out. They, they test well, they do well. And it's, it's it, a lot of that uh, goes into it. As far as Julian Fleming, though, the two best most talented receivers in the big 10 are on Ohio state. Yeah, yeah. I know that, I know that Jahan Dotson backers like him and he's a really good player, but Chris Olave and his getting it's Garrett Wilson. Yeah. They, they, they did some good things against Penn state last year and uh, they're both viewed as. But know, Fleming's going to play. He will, he he will certainly he play this year. He's going to he get a shot. play yeah. this year. He might be looking for a new home. I, I just think that usually, because if you want to, th- you talk about Penn State bringing in kids to kind of up the ante. Ohio State does the same thing. And Brian Hartline is viewed as one of, maybe the top recruiter in all of college football. And so if they want a wide out, he's going to get him one. So I think Julian needs to do something this year. I know he's only in his second year. It's crazy, but that's what the assembly line is there. Either you get on and you perform or, yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to be transferring out. Hartline, Hartline, if you don't know who he is, a former Ohio State yeah. a receiver, is the difference. He played in the NFL a little bit, right? Yeah, where, I think he played with play? the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really – the difference between him being a stable force at wide receiver coach at Ohio State and a terrific recruiter, like you said, and the revolving door that they've had at Penn State, that – in many, many ways, is the difference between these two programs for the last three years. And I think it's only a matter of time before Hartline's a coach somewhere. Absolutely. Even if he's not ready for it. Even if he's not ready to be a coordinator, someone will hire him as a coordinator simply because it's it's inevitable. Uh, It's kind of the way Josh Gaddis got his job at Michigan. He was such a great recruiter and and a valuable coach that someone had to make him a coordinator to keep him. And Michigan did. Was he ready to be a coordinator? I don't know, Bob. You tell I me. knew you were going to do that. <laughs> do, it. do you have one for the Penn State fan base before we sign off on the uh, Blue White Breakdown podcast? Do you have one interesting Jim Harbaugh take from his? Did you listen to him at all? Did you get a chance to hear him talk? He is such a weird guy, isn't he? <laughs> he's just, he's just, he's like a, I, I, there are very few people like that. It's he sometimes he decide. I think he decides he's like an Android. He does. You program him and he programs his own mind. And then he decides he's going to be I'm going to be really upbeat today. I'm going to be up. And sometimes he's sullen and he's like, I don't know what that means. Woody Hayes never said that. You know, sometimes he's in that mood. But but you never know when he's going to turn on that thing that he had yesterday. And he was he was like trying to be very upbeat. But it's like an upbeat computer. I don't know how you. I don't know how you do that. All right, I'm just, Dave. I'm just stunned how much he looks like Kurt Nouse, a good friend of mine from Harrisburg that you knew. You think he looks like Kurt Nouse? He looks exactly like Kurt Nouse. I see Kurt Nouse. You know, once is that what month. Kurt looks like now? He looks exactly. He looks exactly. <laughs> they're like twins. There's a Kurt. If we can get Kurt, a guy in Harrisburg. Uh, I've known him forever. His name's Kurt Nouse. Really yeah, good used guy. To be a political he guy. Looks yeah. exactly yeah. like Jim Harbaugh. Maybe it's you've seen him at the funny. bars. So if we can teach him how to do a Harbaugh impersonation, 
and then take him into to, to Indianapolis or Chicago <laughs> and dress him up like a, do it. If he went up in the glasses, if, yeah. if he went into a bar in Ann Arbor, I guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee you with the M cap on, the black yeah. M cap. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Anything else? Anything else before we wrap it up? I got nothing else for you, Bob. All right. All right. So next week, midweek, I want a strong Greg Schiano take, or I'm going to refuse to podcast with you. Uh, have a good time out there, buddy. And uh, I will. We'll talk soon. Follow protocol. All right. That's it for this edition of the Blue White Breakdown, our Penn State football podcast from Penn Live. And you just heard Dave Jones talk about a lot of different things. I thought it was awesome.